Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. I'm excited to see you guys again or hear you guys again. And I'm sure I'm coming through clearly, or at least I hope I am. Um, Julian, how's it going? I'm alive. I'm doing well. I'm happy. And it's good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, I feel like we've been on interesting interesting times and, and interesting schedules as well. Kind of line trying to line this out for you guys, but I'm really excited to talk about something today that I think truly will be a game changer in the podcasting game, the streaming game, the gaming game. Uh, I think that whenever you, wherever you have ears and can listen, this is going to change, change the atmosphere a bit. Yeah. I was floored when I saw this development in technology and it is a logical progression into the world of streaming and digital content that'll enhance a lot of entry content and I'm sure help accelerate professional content in some regards to another level. That's really well said. And I think that this is something that will also bridge the gap and it'll leak, I believe it'll leak in a lot of different areas. And I, at least I hope it will just because of how insane it is what we're talking about. And, you know, sorry, it sounds like it's an inside joke almost that you guys don't understand because we haven't said you or told you about it. But what we are going to be talking about today is not only um, some interesting things in AI, but specifically the NVIDIA program called RTX Voice that they just released that has the most crazy noise cancellation I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I, I mean, if you your neighbor is running down the street from an alligator screaming his lungs out, you wouldn't be able to hear it in the recording. And it's something that even at a digital content level is phenomenal. But I'm sure, as Jordan alluded to, this type of program will make its way into things in today's ever-growing society of digital calls or even phone calls to help out with some of those uh, recording or audio problems. Exactly. It's. It, I hope that this type of technology will go everywhere and will be widespread. The what we're talking about specifically is that this thing, this program is an AI based or powered program that truly, uh, Julian, we'll have to include a link in the description to show you guys how insane this thing is. But from I've seen literally as quiet as I am now or, you know, as lack of noise as there is now behind me as far as background noise, I've seen guys pull out hair dryers, hammers, fans. Um, Linus from Linus Tech Tips had his kids in the background and literally it sounded like this, maybe a tiny bit louder. And it's just incredible. It truly is. And what do you think, Julian, will be the next progression from this? I mean, we said that we hope it leaks and, you know, we expect it to leak into other things. Right now we have it on um, Zoom, we have it on Google Chrome. We have it just on any recording. Uh, I think it also can be on Twitch. And one thing that I forgot to mention to you guys is that not only is this for the input, so me talking into my mic and you guys hearing it, but it's also for the output. So that means that 
whenever you are gaming or whenever you're talking on the phone to somebody that if you have RTX, then it is also quieting what you're hearing from them, which I don't think can be like undersold enough how next level that is. I think to your question where we could see this be utilized or the next progression is that in a lot of cases from our perspective, those background noises can be um, in some regards annoying, but essentially with the way this program is learning to detect foreign sounds that aren't coming from the main speaker, that that technology in itself to me is more important than it picking up me saying cat or dog and distinguishing out those foreign sounds in this scenario, but being able to utilize those foreign sounds or maybe translate from what it's learning down the road and building upon that intelligence to understand, hey, that sound in the background is a fan. And based on these other learnings, that that fan is a Dyson bladeless fan and can compile a lot more data on your surroundings and an environment in some situations to give you a better picture or to give a more accurate description of a product or service. Ooh, that's kind of spooky, I think. In the, you know, being able to discern different aspects of your background noise, I think that that's almost, you can triangulate where somebody's at depending on what interesting sound there is so for instance if you if this thing was up then it could be like oh okay so um we know from the background noise of jordan that he lives in you know the city of london because we can hear the overground or something and then they could triangulate where i'm at by the timing of how i record and the sounds that come up there that would be kind of that would be a little spooky for sure. And I see that when you're talking about the commercial sense, but I'm thinking full on, you're getting stalked. They're like, okay, so this, this homie's here. We can get him and we know exactly when he records, where he records and you know what, you know, more than just more than, you know, that takes it to the next level. And I like how you thought about that. Yeah. I guess the triangulating, you know, the bird sounds in the background can be spooky, but you would hope that someone else would leverage their technology, whether that's more secure VPNs or um, virtual private networks or a more secure way of recording audio or disseminating information or digital information rights, whatever that may be to protect that end user um, is something that could go. But Scaling back to the foundation of this this product, the, the artificial intelligence that is now at a consumer level that friendly shows you how quick intelligence is scaling down to an affordable or in some cases free price range. Yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing about this stuff is that especially RTX voice, it is a software. And granted, you need you need an RTX like a GPU to do this thing because it takes the transformer processing units or tensor processing units in there to do these calculations to deaden the noise. But literally it could be any mic that you use. It could be your laptop mic. It could be your, your cell phone mic or something nice. 
and this thing will make it sound excellent. So that really lowers the barrier on a lot of things as far as making, and I don't think that the recording game was something that was really hard to get into in the first place, but imagine if this was for independent artists making music. And so instead of having the world's best like sound dead in room to record in, as long as they have the software to record it properly and mix it, they could do this in, you know, a closet or even in a like a really poorly acoustically set up room. So I think that that's also something that we can think about, too. And granted, I think that some of those key, like little, really, really nuanced things. So, for instance, um, Black Flag. So on some of the recordings, you can hear like this little subtle, like like little jostling sound. And it's because Robo, one of their drummers, uh, he basically always wore bracelets. And so when they were recording, you could hear the bracelets in the recordings themselves. And I think that type of stuff would obviously be deadened out. And I mean, in the, in the, you know, the best light, that would be the job of RTX voice to do, but it would take a little bit of the, you know, the grunge and the realness out. So I think it's a kind of, you know, there's a little bit of a gray space and it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I think that this thing, I mean, imagine this in music, like sound cod rappers are going to be going ape shit. <laughs> The thing I think about, too, in that example is on the front end, it makes work a lot easier, but it will also free a large portion of time on the back end if this is utilized and scaled to a theatrical or cinematic or studio level product where, say, you're filming Star Wars, right? They already do a very, very good job of dedicated mics and sound and acoustics, but this adds another layer of security if for some reason an extra does make an absurd sound or something goes wrong or, or someone coughs in the background, it cuts that out and those editors on the back end now have more time to crisp up the audio in some sort of way or find those other sounds that they normally wouldn't find going through and picking out all those obscure sounds of maybe a bracelet rattling or something in the past that could take five or 10 minutes and just eliminate that. So it sounds like the classic, there's, there's two ways to look at this. There's obviously using this technology as a leveraging tool. So now what you would have done is, you know, post-production and gotten the most, the best sound fidelity out of something. Now that the machine or, you know, this algorithm takes care of that, you can focus on other things. And then obviously lowering the boundary of entry when it comes to really, really crisp and true voice or audio in that sense. And Julian, I, I think that we both are probably not the right people to answer this question, but I want to ask anyway, as far as you see it, how scary do you think artificial intelligence is? I mean, granted, you know, being able to uh, cancel out the noise of your kids in the background isn't something that's too sinister at all. But if you took it collectively and as a whole, are you feeling nervous about this? Is this total like Elon Musk style? Or do you think that this is going to be the best thing ever and you can't wait for the next 25 years? 
I want to ask you that question. And then hopefully I want you to kind of like reverse engineer how the average person would think, or, you know what, here's a call to action <laughs> to all the listeners. Let us, let us know what you think about AI and how it's progressing. Are you scared? Are you optimistic? Like what's going on? But Julian, the floor is yours. Right. I think at this point in time, I don't have enough information to say if the boundary between artificial intelligence and human life or that formation of sentient life is creepy or invasive. I think so far, this is the logical progression of artificial intelligence, machine learning, neural networks that it's small things like this that add over time. I mean, you look at your example now of your phone, right? 200 years ago, 100 years ago, people would have been freaking out about email if that just showed up. But there's incremental steps that happen to balance that with today's human society. And I think you're starting to see things that Google and Alexa voice commands artificial intelligent digital assistants are slowly creeping in but staying and maintaining balance within day-to-day -day society the stuff that is starting to come out that does bother me and we just saw jay-z place a lawsuit on was on artificial intelligence software that was creating music for these artists so taking their way of talking their tempo, their rhythm, their flow, and pairing that to something very similar to a deep fake, which in itself is terrifying and can be used criminally to make, you know, Jay-Z make a song that could be extremely derogatory or defam defamatory to a certain group is when artificial intelligence gets a little wonky um, in today's society and makes, you know, that kind of queasy feeling for the future on, you know, where do you stop and where is the control between man and software or computers, um, intelligence, etc. What are your thoughts? I think you opened up a lot, like so many cans of worms with that answer. So I'm going to try to break it down. One, I think that what you're basically saying from the jump is that it depends on how we look at it and the window of is this thing scary because everything so far as far as technology gone, has gone for the most part, I'm talking about 98% has been symbiotic to humans. So when you mentioned Alexa, Google listening in, I think that the reason why if you literally told somebody, I think when we were born, so not too long ago, more than 20 years ago, though, uh, between 20 and 30 years that, yeah, so big companies are going to have devices in your home and they're going to be listening to every word you say just in case that you want them to do whatever. So that means buy things for you or schedule things, set reminders for you. I think that that would be horrible. You know, that would be received horribly, at least. But being that, like you mentioned, we've had this kind of slow leak into symbiotic or symbiosis with these things with having having smartphones that are attached to us in a sense. So we're basically cyborgs. And I know that this is going to sound quite Elon Musk like, 
but I think that I agree with him in saying that these things are a part of us. So my laptop is a part of me and it's just a really slow bandwidth of getting information from it into myself. But I also think that it, it opens up a lot of scary things because it's like, you know, you know how you like boil a frog, you put it in lukewarm water and then you slowly turn up the heat. And I think that's what's happening. And you, yeah, exactly. You see it in deep fakes and doing like being curious and interested in this stuff myself. I've done a lot of just interest, like curiosity research. And I think that there it's it's becoming it's becoming the wild west to be honest i mean you have deep fakes and you have deep fake detection stuff but they just created something that beats the deep fake detection stuff so you know and what is it like you know then you said that jay-z is suing people because they are creating songs on his behalf or with his voice does he own his voice is that something that you can prove that, hey, this is my voice and you can't infringe on that? And then how do you determine how much of your voice is you as far as is this is an audio file of me, of our podcast a year ago, my voice or Julian's voice? Uh, you know, I think that those are kind of philosophical questions to be up for the debate. So I guess in a roundabout way, I didn't really answer your question. I just talked about your answer (laughs) (laughs) i mean that that's fair i think you know if you go to the second part of your question what the average person may think that depends on how informed the average person is because if all you watch is sci-fi movies then you're more than likely to be a scared nervous timid about the evolution of artificial intelligence, machine learning, neural networks, all of those, you know, $50 words, so to speak, because they're being used as the villain in those cases. However, when you look at the pros of artificial intelligence and those articles that you find independently and on your own that aren't being pushed in the media, you may see that artificial intelligence could be the leading case in medical the medical field where they're finding cancers earlier, they're linking symptoms that they may have never linked before to a certain disease or um, disability, things of that nature to help prevent that in the long run. So if, you know, artificial intelligence said, if you listen to about cast and you were eating a bowl of cookie crisp, you were more than likely to live to be 75 based on the invitation or the information that we have, as opposed to not listening to this podcast and eating um, a bowl of cereal or whatever, cookie crisp, you're only likely to live to the age of 58. Uh, um, Things like that as artificial intelligence and neural networks and machine learning, once they all find their, their groove, can find those missing links, so to speak, to help out in itself down the road. Yeah, I think that if I was to if I was to bring it back to the average person, um, I into kind of 
I think that I'm going to play off of what you said as far as it's used in a lot of ways as far as machine learning and AI being a bad guy or a good guy. So I think that that's actually part of the problem as far as like in a business sense. And I, I know this like intimately because I work in the like data realm or field that a lot of this stuff has been kind of abused in business acumen. So not only in films or entertainment, but it's also people are saying, well, first off, I think that there's obviously, if I'm going from the average person's point of view, I think that not a lot of people understand. And I'm not trying to be patronizing at all, but I'm trying to like put myself into the average person's shoes, getting told a whole bunch of different stuff about this. I think that it's easily to be confused. So some of the like kind of the foundational level things as far as what's the difference between me machine learning and artificial intelligence, things of that nature. Um, I've seen a lot of people, even people that should know or are around the field, not necessarily understand properly. So what that tells me is that there's not a lot that is clearly understood. And being that I'm a big believer in what you don't know, you fear, or, you know, you fear the unknown. I think that that means that if I was to extrapolate, I think that people will probably be more nervous about machine learning, even though it is helpful and helpful. Or the thing is, is that they should be more nervous about it, but they don't understand where it's at in this period. So I think that there's two kind of, I'm hedging my bets, right? I either said people aren't afraid of it or people are afraid of it. So there's, there's only two ways of answering that question. And I said both. I said yes. So I think that it depends on, you know, how the average person has been exposed to it. If they've been exposed to it in the sense of being that, you know, they are arming machine learning or like computer vision drones to do airstrikes or you know they could have face detection on a drone or face detection anywhere and basically watch you watch your habits and codified codify your likeness through your presence on the internet um there's been a lot of data protection leaks and things like that i think that that either people are you know not worried about it and they don't know much about it or they are, and they've read they've read some salacious stuff, uh, but both are on the ground of not truly understanding. It is exactly what's going on. That's fair, and I think more people have interacted with a version of artificial intelligence or machine learning, and they just have no clue. Like there's a good portion of people in the world who don't understand that when you do a captcha on Google for finding the sidewalks or the bikes or the cars, streetlights, businesses, etc., is you helping a machine learn and decipher those patterns so that in this example, the Google images car drives around and that is self-driving can go, hey, based on these 18,472,162 images of a crosswalk, that is a crosswalk. You know, people have interacted that way. Or there's people who don't understand that Netflix is all 
essentially machine learning. You know, someone uploads the video to the content delivery network. And from there, you know, there's 8,000, 10,000 different titles on Netflix. But what's being shown to you is basically a machine has learned your preferences and habits and patterns and likes and dislikes and then gives you those customizable categories such as you know u.s comedy dramas or binge-worthy tv or you know since you watch this movie you know we aren't going to show you all the recommendations but we're going to filter in these other ones that are similar to things that you've seen i mean that's all netflix right there but people have no clue that that's machine learning or in some cases artificial intelligence in other areas and i think maybe that's the area where it starts to inform the masses by saying hey this is a machine learning product or you're participating or interacting with machine learning or artificial intelligence is one way to to start that conversation because i think this is something that's going to scale very quickly and it could be very cause hysteria by the time a big development happens and people think nothing has been happening for the past 10 years yeah i think that you just kind of really hit the nail on the head it's more about awareness than it is knowing everything that's gone down and i think that that'll also help kind of be a good a good compass for people to navigate how this landscape is going to go. And like you said, it's like I could scare you with machine learning stuff or I can make you like really optimistic about the future. It doesn't, but they're both reality and fact. So it's more about not, it's more not about understanding it completely because this stuff is complex and really tricky to understand and it takes a lot of time and effort to really break it down and parse through some of this stuff and a lot of that's daunting and i totally understand that and some i mean you know i still get daunted by it and i i'm around it for work and as a hobby but i think that like you said you i mean i'm gonna just reiterate it one more time i think you're right that people just need to have a little bit more awareness. Um, but I don't think that that's just a problem with AI. I think that's a problem with almost anything. The, the amount of awareness somebody has will definitely affect the future. And on, on a like big scale, too, the amount of awareness of, of people have about anything will you know guide the future a lot better than if they didn't have awareness about it. You don't know what you don't know. And ignorance is life-threatening is a couple quotes that I really enjoy. Agreed. Um, and maybe they're just spitballing here one day, not one day there will be, I am sure someone's already testing it. If you are aware of this, send it to Jordan and I, but a podcast that's strictly artificial intelligence or machine learning program, just speaking with one another with weekly episodes that you wouldn't be able to decipher the difference unless you know, notably stated, um, could just be happening on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your platforms, wherever you're subscribed, um, and following the about cast, uh, it could be happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once again, we're, we're along with the ride with you guys. It's not like it's our podcast. It's 
I'm saying me and Julian's, but it's our podcast, including you guys listening. So, you know, whatever you guys want to see, if you want more of this stuff, let us know. Uh, we've had a few podcasters ask about kind of our setup and things of that nature. So, and we're happy to give any guidance we can. So once again, we're in this together. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope to see you again next week so we can take our relationship one step better in the right direction. I love you guys and appreciate you so much. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.